Hey, everybody, what's going on? You got Dave. Got John. And Anthony. And we're here again talking about the series having to do with adolescent health and wellness in the digital age. One of the previous episodes that you might have heard of is Anthony kind of running through some fast facts that take things down by the second and by the day having to do with our consumption rate of social media and media in general online. He covered the fact that our young people spend on average probably about two hours more a day ingesting media than they do even sleeping, which is incredibly harmful and somewhat concerning because of the fact that they are so developmental. Um, their, their brains are developing and in order for them to develop properly, they need to be able to achieve more sleep and they need to be able to have less things at their disposal like this media that's going to really oversaturate their minds and kind of distract them in a way that is not very healthy. So let's jump into that a little bit, right? Um, you know, Anthony, something that you have posed a question to before is, does this kind of multitasking enable our kids to properly focus on the task at hand? Which on its face, you would imagine not because of the fact that you look at a statistic like 60% of kids doing their homework are doing it while texting. That inherently means that they're not paying full attention to the homework, right? And it's become so ingrained in them that they cannot separate from the device and that notifications are something that every second of the day they need to be aware of what's going on how many folks are deciding to, to to sign in and like their photo or share whatever story they, they may have shared on a specific social media platform. Again, none of that is enabling them to properly focus their attention on things like homework and studying, which are far more important than whatever's happening on that device. 100%. And, you know, I was, I was kind of looking through that question um, that you were posing, and I know that I almost always in school listened to music when I did everything. I listened to music when I read. I listened to music when I did homework. I, there was never a moment of silence, really. And it's funny because that never came to a head until I started working in this office where you are constantly invested, especially in the communications department, of breaking news and trying to be able to speak to the people and craft a message that's going to be able to resonate with them. and. Once I had gotten into this environment, I realized that when I was quickly reading amicus briefs we were filing or comments that we were writing to the president or to Congress or what have you, I wasn't retaining, probably wasn't retaining even half of what I was reading because of the fact that I had music, music, which by the way, was consistently changing from folk to rock to jazz. So you couldn't even get into the consistency of a genre, let alone just be able to allow your brain to shut it all off and deal with one piece of content at a time. So for all of you out there, if you're young and you're listening and you're like, well, I could do homework and I can uh, listen to music at the same time, or I can text and do it from my perspective personally. Um, I always thought the same thing, and I thought it for almost a decade, and until I got into the professional world, that's the only time when it was able to change. Now, I still listen to music constantly, but I almost do it in these off periods or what I kind of refer to as filler spots. So I will turn – I'll have my earbuds in constantly, and I'll turn them on, and I'll turn them I'll, the music up and down depending on whatever activity that I'm participating in. If I'm just surfing the web and I'm trying to find a couple of 
web pages to navigate. I'm cool with maybe listening to a song or something as I do that. It makes it a little easier for me, especially with somebody who has been completely raised off of listening to music. But then when I get involved with something that is a little more active, whether that be reading or writing, I completely shut down everything else to make sure that it has my undivided attention. And using that music for the purposes of decompressing and using it to reach your zen, I welcome that at, at, at any point. However, when there are certain tasks that we need to give our undivided attention to, it's very difficult to have these distractions that are that we're allowing to factor in. So the way I'll flip that is I will say with the academic success that you were able to achieve, even under those circumstances, just imagine how that can actually magnify itself times 10 if we take the distraction out of the equation. It's funny you bring that up too, because my teachers would consistently tell me, you know, I see how you participate in class, class where I wasn't able to engage with the device. So they had to constantly just get me at my, uh, like my entire self. Right. And they would see that and they would respect my writing, but they would say, you could do better than this. It seems like you didn't put a lot of time into this. Um, sometimes that was true, but a lot of the times that was not true. Um, and it was because I would go to the library and I would crack open my laptop and I would put on a playlist and I would be in the library for four hours. So, you know, on its nose, it looked like I was really just investing a bunch of time. But how much time was I purely allocating to that paper? And of that time, how much of it was compromised by a distraction like music? You know, I might have ended up falling down a Twitter hole for 30 minutes. And then maybe I watched a couple of YouTube videos. And then maybe I went back to my paper. And then maybe I found an interesting article and went back to that. It's this constant overstimulation where unless you're able to kind of put on these blinders, and focus at the task at hand and shut out all of these other superfluous activities, you're not doing yourself or the piece of work that you're working on justice. Which also leads to us lacking in the department of self-awareness because, again, I find it troubling when, on average, our young people are devoting more time into filtering a picture that they're going to share in a snap than they are on the 10 questions that they've been given on their homework assignment. Right. Well, I mean, people listening to music while they're doing something has been around for decades, you know. So I've, I never associated listening to music with being distracted. I always thought it was like you get in the zone, you know, especially if you're listening to Enya or something cool. <laughs> okay, first of all, fantastic reference. Second of all, um, that's totally true. Everybody out there is completely different. If you're listening to this and none of it's resonated with you, congratulations. That's really great. And maybe you've been able to develop this habit that is uh, that works for you. And, and I'm, I'm not sure it's per person. Of it course. is. And I'm not trying to say that it's not. But you I'm cannot just watch TV and be productive. I don't care who you are. You can't you can't do both. of those. There's no way you can't even have TV on silent in the background. Right. Right. Um. And I only say the music part of it because when you're trying to read something and you're really trying to retain it, I, yeah. I defy you to read a dense piece, whether it's an article, whether it's um, a professional material, whether it's a book, where you're able to really fixate on the details of what's going on when you have something that's kind of like buzzing in the background as well. Maybe it doesn't affect you at all, you know? I would love to see if we could find like a psychologist or like a doctor and have them 
tell us for sure if that's using the same part of your brain. Because one would override the other one, right? Right. But like it, it kind of falls back either way to just like the overstimulation, mm-hmm. you know, that goes back to the fast facts that Anthony was talking about because of the fact that um, just this constant consumption of media mm-hmm. um, is taking over elements of life that otherwise do need to be reserved for um, a certain output, whether it's family time or whether it's homework or what have you. Well, maybe the this is a good time to bring up what we talked about before is when maybe homework time, your phone does not need to be anywhere near you. Maybe you put it at the charging station, have it away from where you are because uh, you don't need it. Right, and if if I'm becoming so invoked and so preoccupied with the comments that are appearing under a recent um, post that I've 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 you know placed on a photo of you share doing app, your homework exactly, <laughs> then where is that leaving me? Right. Yeah. And when we're talking about brain development, especially when it comes to adolescence, to go back to what you alluded to uh, just a few moments ago, John, that rewards portion of the brain is mm-hmm. the portion that is most stimulated in our young people. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're perceiving those positive comments that are appearing under their photos that they've just shared as a reward, mm-hmm. right? So it's something that entices them. And it, for the most part, will have them more engaged than the actual homework assignment that they need to be giving their undivided attention to. And again, I'm not speaking against them having accounts on these apps. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is that there's a time and a place. And I do agree with you when it comes to the musical aspect. There are, you know, different strokes for different folks. Some things work well for some people and for others it may not Mm -hmm. but yeah regulation and moderation that's the only thing that you really need to be able to introduce yeah it's just like anything else and and there's too much sometimes of of everything right you eat too much sugar you eat too many bad foods and you're just gonna start to you know feel really crappy because you're not putting the right fuel into your body if you take in too much stimulation through these digital devices then you're not putting the right fuel into your brain yeah it'll burn you out so Anthony, how has this informational age kind of reshaped parenting? You talked about a couple of maybe tools where people could create like start charging stations for their kids to be able to all put their devices for certain fixated periods of time. Are there other elements that are coming into play here? Yeah. So in addition to a universal charging station, I think it just goes back to what we talked about in an earlier episode, which is creating those boundaries, those boundaries that you have to be consistent with and have to be enforced. Uh, So again, whether that uh, has to do with uh, purchase blocking that you may apply to your phone uh, or apply to your child's phone through uh, your cell phone carrier, Um, you are controlling um, the content that they're able to view when they have that device. Because again, understanding that many of our children that have devices uh, it, it, it works for the parents because it enables the parents to always remain in contact with their child, but also understanding that there are so many things that if we're just giving free reign with the device that our child could actually access and be exposed to that ultimately at the end of the day will not be healthy for them. Right. So that's it for this section. Thank you guys for listening. Again, we're going to have a multitude of episodes that kind of contribute to this overarching topic of adolescent health and wellness in the digital age so please keep on listening and let us know what else you think until then this is dave this is john and this is anthony thanks for listening